Welcome to the Learn Guitar Podcast from the National Guitar Academy, the podcast that makes you a better guitarist. We're going to share some of our best guitar tips with you today. We'll discuss chords and chord technique. We'll share some lead guitar secrets. We're going to tell you how to sound more rhythmic and musical. And we'll also teach you some music theory. I'm your host, Mike Kennedy, and joining me today are Jack Taylor and Rob Soulsby. Let's get started with our first segment, Lead Lines. Lead Lines is the part of the show where we discuss lead guitar techniques, scales, riffs, solos, and secondary guitar techniques. Right, we've got a big list of stuff here, and we're going to talk about how to bring your guitar solos to life. Jack, let's break it down, dude. Run me through the uh, run me through this big list of <laughs> tips that we've got here. So, like, one of the best ways is to like get engaged with lead guitar techniques. So, one of them would be stri- string bending, which sounds like this. Another one would be vibrato. Hammer-ons and pull-ons. Um, what are the other ones on there? <laughs> sliding. Yeah, we've got uh, yeah, slides. Sliding. Yeah. Slides, so. Another one will be alternate picking. Okay, yeah. right, so a whirlwind tour of things yeah, there. Yeah. Mate, that was, that was perfect. So I think what we're trying to get across here is that when we're playing lead guitar, we don't want to just play the scales in a flat way. Mm-hmm. So just give us a, a blast of it. If we literally just play the scale, yeah. it sounds like this. Okay, so if we play a scale and we just deliver the notes in a flat way, that's how it sounds. Mm-hmm. But what we're looking at here is how we can bring that to life, how we can make it sound a bit more yeah. musical. Rob, of these techniques, like which ones do you play around with most? Which ones do you kind of explore and enjoy the best? The bending, definitely bending of the string, a bit of vibrato. It's just making, giving each note its own distinct flavour. Because if every note's got to earn its place, really, in a, in a lead. Yeah. I love that. If every note's got to earn its place. I think there's a, there's, a, there's a danger, isn't there, sometimes, especially once you memorise a scale pattern, that you just kind of whittle away playing the notes. Yeah. But actually, we're not trying to just deliver notes. We're trying to create something that sounds yeah. interesting, aren't we? Well, it's like if you think about it in terms of when you actually speak to someone, you don't just stay at like one kind of pitch, do you? You add inflections when you're doing certain phrases, and that's the same thing. That's what these techniques are. They're inflections which bring everything to life. That's yeah, what that's yeah. kind of brings the character. A really good way of explaining it, Jack. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's had an expression. It's mm-hmm. much more an emotional experience, isn't it, really? Yeah. When you're playing the lead. You're telling a bit of the story, but you're also adding the emotion to it. Love that. Yeah, that's a really nice way of looking at it. You know, away from specific, you know, like, you know, left-hand techniques, a couple of other things that are very fundamental if you're just getting started with lead guitar and you want to bring your solos to life is, obviously, number one, make sure that you're playing in a, in a complementary key. Diagnose the key of the song and then play in a scale that matches the key. Very, very important. That's how you know that all of the notes will work. Secondly, make sure that you finish your phrases on the root note of whatever the key is. That's what makes a, a phrase sound finished and right. Just give us an example of that, Jack. Like, just play as an A minor chord, for example. Okay, so there's an A minor chord, and now if you just play like any phrase in A minor pentatonic. Okay, so Jack finished that phrase on an A note, and that's what made it sound finished. Give us an example if you don't finish on the root note, Jack. Now, hopefully, like people can hear, like there's a sense of it's not resolved, is it? No, it's, it's like yeah, it's not more. It's not satisfying, is it? It's like oh, where's the end? You know. Yeah. 
Um, so it's really important that you finish your phrases on the root note of whatever the scale is that you're playing in. Going back to your little point when you said before, making every note count. So you've got to make sure when you're doing your uh, guitar solo, you let every note breathe. And it's almost a little bit like stepping stones as well. So when you're following a chord progression, you, you kind of step your way through each chord so it, it doesn't become overcrowded by the yeah. notes. It's really important sometimes, isn't it, to just have some silence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like far too many lead yeah. guitarists like just fill fill the, the, the solo with notes, you know, like let things breathe, you know, some having some silence is one of the most powerful things you can actually do, I yeah. think, in a solo. Yeah. But also having less notes, just see how few notes you can get away with playing. Yeah. that sound good and then add some extras for embellishment yeah. rather than start with a hundred notes yeah, yeah. and then take away two well, it's like that <laughs> yeah. great B.B. King quote isn't it I think it was B.B. King who said you know that his, his hands were never the fastest Yeah. so he knew that he had to like you know get the most out of the notes he could play Yeah. and you know that made him a much more expressive guitarist Yeah. when you're first getting into playing lead guitar stuff and solo bass stuff often a lot of guitarists don't really know where to start but it's actually right on your doorstep the whole reason you want to play lead guitar is because you've heard killer solos and that kind of thing so get out and learn some solos learn some of your favorite stuff steal ideas like you know do all that thing and it's, it's a really great way and it's really fun as well to learn so it's a great sense of achievement when you do something I was, like that i was listening last night strange enough just by chance to sweet child of mine uh on the radio and that has got all the elements of lead guitar technique in it it's yeah. got the little tinkly bits that just a, there's the let rip yeah. guitar yeah, solo in it as well it's got it's like an ABC of guitar soloing isn't it well <laughs> what you know like lead work you know one of the other main points I wanted to make and that's a great example is have you you know it's good to sort of perceive your solos as to be like they're in three acts yeah you know have a clear beginning middle and an end don't just noodle notes away you know take people on a journey you know build it start it slower Maybe start it lower down the fretboard, mm -hmm. and then build up and work your way up to those. You know, you know, like the fourteen, fifteen, sixteen frets. You know, like yeah. getting finishing up there is a great way to structure to structure a solo. Okay, remember, guys, for each podcast we create a bonus pack that expands on what we've discussed in the episode. Each bonus pack includes video lessons, diagrams, chord boxes, links, and practice material. Basically, stuff that builds on what we've discussed in the podcast. There's only so much that we can explain through audio and sometimes it's easier to show you stuff and that's where the bonus packs come in handy. To download the bonus pack for this episode, go to nationalguitaracademy.com slash podcast two. Okay, now we're going to move on to the next part of today's show, which is quick chords. Quick chords, quick chords. Quick chords is the part of the show where we discuss chords and chord technique. Okay. Jack, you're going to share with us a really cool A minor 9 chord. Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's hear it. Nice. Mysterious. Yeah, really mysterious. Yeah. I'm in a Mexican bodega. <laughs> <laughs> it's got an interesting sound to it, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, talk us through the... Can you spell out the tab for that chord, please, yeah. Jack? So it would be X07500. Nice. Okay, one more time. Nice and slow. X zero seven five zero zero. Yep. So it's a two finger chord 
We've got some really like interesting open notes in there. Yeah. Really unusual chord. I like that one. Uh, and you can see the chord box for that particular chord in the uh, in the bonus pack for this episode, and also some links there that explain you know how to uh, how to how to read chord boxes as well. Um, okay, there's one other thing that we wanted to cover today in in quick chords, and that was um, a specific technique that you can use to make your chords sound more musical. Now, this is a technique that I call string grouping, and it basically it's very very simple. On the guitar, you've got six strings, and too often guitarists just kind of bash away at all six strings. But it's really useful to think about the strings in in pairs. So you have your low end, which are the thickest two strings, the mid range, which is the middle two strings, and then your high end, the more trebly sound, which is on the thinnest two strings of the guitar. Now, visualizing the chords and, and the way you strum them in those three different ranges of low, mid, high means that you can accentuate one particular area of those three or combine them in some really cool ways that can make your chords sound really varied. If, as Mike says, you, you think of the six uh, strings of the guitar split up into three sections, then think of that as like a mini drum kit of three little, I don't know what you could call them, tom-toms or... Yeah. Um, snares, and basically your little snares, yeah, or whatever, or hi-hats, and just move between the three and alternate how you move. Don't always just use all three. Maybe just use one every so often and then go to two. Yeah. And just and just play around with those combinations. Even just perceiving in it, perceiving yeah. it in that way. It's yeah. useful, isn't it? Yeah. So here's an example, right? So here's an A chord. Okay, so if I play all six strings, that's how it sounds. But if I choose to accentuate the bass notes... I choose to accentuate the treble note. Okay, so I'm just going to hold the A. So all I'm doing there is holding one chord, but because I'm explicitly bouncing back and forth between bass and treble, that one flat chord sounds like something much more interesting. And you can apply that across any chord, but also any chord progression. So it's a really easy way to wring a bit more value and musicality out of you know a simple chord progression. Okay, so in the bonus pack for this episode, uh, what's in the bonus pack for this episode, Jack? So in the bonus pack for this um, section, you'll find a chord box for the A minor 9 chord we talked about earlier, and um, a video which explains the concept of string grouping in more detail. You've got a question. I've got some Tips and Advice is the part of the show when we answer your questions about guitar and music culture. If you've got a question for us, please email us at podcast at nationalguitaracademy.com and we'll try our best to help you out. Okay, Rob, you've got a question from uh, from Matt Bradford. Hey, yeah. Matt, hope you're well. Uh, take, it, take it away, Rob. Okay, Matt says, good morning and happy Monday. I'm excited to hear your podcast. Here's a suggested topic. I have the five boxes of the minor pentatonic memorized, but I don't know how to start using multiple boxes in a creative way. I don't want to try to memorize a bunch of licks right now. How can a beginner start building solos skills by using one or two boxes together? Okay, great question from Matt. So basically Matt's got the the five box patterns of the minor pentatonic memorized, and he's trying to figure out how he can kind of put them together. Um... So, Jack, where would you suggest Matt get started here? Because, of, of course, 
there's a danger, isn't there, that I think as guitarists you can you can sort of think you've cracked it once you've got them memorised. Yeah. But actually, that's just the start, you know. So mm-hmm. where where would you recommend Matt goes from here? I think I would, like, not abandon the rest of the boxes because obviously you've put the graft <laughs> yeah. in, haven't you? Forget what you've learned, yeah, Matt. <laughs> you, you, you've put the graft in, you know, that's great that, you, you know, you can move around it. But I would just focus on ones. So, like, box ones are really good start ones. So the um, if it was an A, if a tab would be, like, 5A... Five seven five seven five seven five eight five eight, but just focus on that one. It's far better to have one pentatonic box nailed and be able to use it rather than have five and not be able to use them at all. They are important to know eventually, but I'd be more concerned with learning more musical stuff with it right now rather than concerning with the other ones. Okay, so focusing on one box and trying to get all of the musicality you can out of that yeah. one rather than going through the others. Okay, so to answer, I guess, Matt's question a a bit more specifically, I think a great place to go next is to start exploring some of the the diagonal shapes, so the primary diagonal, the secondary diagonal of the minor pentatonic. Now, for people that don't know them, the diagonals are... It's kind of a flow of notes that begin in one box, move into another, and finish in another. So a great way to think about this is actually what we were just speaking about before, Rob, about yeah. string grouping, yeah, you know, because you kind of your bass notes are in one box, your middle notes are in another box, yeah, and then the treble notes are in the higher box. So, I think that's a fantastic place for you to start, Matt. Is you know, is learning those diagonals because they flow really well under your fingers, and they combine three different boxes. So what we'll do is we'll put those, we'll put tabs for mm-hmm. them in the bonus pack for this episode. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, what's he talking about? <laughs> Di- primary diagonals sound scary. Maths or something, doesn't it? The it, primary it, diagonal. it does sound pretty scary, but it's actually, it's just a simple scale yeah. really. But. I think the other thing to do is um, you tell the story with the solo. So if you think you want, usually guitar solos end on a high, don't they? So literally a high of excitement, a high in pitch. So just start off with bass work up to mm. your middle and then end on a treble and just keep it in three parts to tell that story. Great suggestion. I do, I do think that pattern sounds quite musical as well, like the diagonal one, like when you run up it. Uh... It does sound a lot more musical than... Because you're kind of like sliding in between well, each one. It's a really great pattern to climb up. Yeah. And it covers a lot more range as yeah. well, you know. So just to make this really clear for people who've maybe never heard of the diagonal patterns, so a standard minor pentatonic uh, pattern. But the diagonals start off in the box below. You're starting off low. And then you move into the mid. And then you move up a bit higher. So what, the reason why this pattern works so well is because you cover a lot of ground. You start very low and you end up very high. So it gives it more expression, you know. Really, really cool um, pattern to, to learn. Another thing you could do to get more, I guess, um, more grind work out of your pentatonic scales is to try and play thing, things in separate octaves. So play things which is quite, play the same idea in different octaves, so for example, like, it's the same thing, but when you put that in a musical contact, context, it's really useful because you're adding more depth to it as well. Yeah. If Another really cool thing you could do as well, if, if you do already know the rest of the patterns, 
try and find like mirror images, like similar shapes which are used in one pattern, which are used in another, and try and connect the dots in between them. It's yeah. a really great way to move between them. I like, I really like that phrase that you use there, Jack, of mirror images, because of course these patterns, you know, and for scales, they repeat at different points, don't they? Yeah. yeah. So like, if you can recognise where they repeat, mm. then it makes things so much easier because once you've got that down. It's easy to hop between them, yeah, yeah, even sure. on the fly. Yeah, I really like that that way of looking at it. Um, and also, just going back to what you were saying about you know playing the same phrase in different octaves, there's just something really satisfying about that, isn't there? On the ear, yeah, to hear something low, 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 and then high, 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 but like in the same with the same intervals in between yeah, the yeah. notes. Um, it's something that really, really works in solos. That I, I think that always works. It's also good basic lead guitar work, isn't it? Because it can enhance the rest of the, the song in other sections yeah. as well. Really cool. Okay, so some good tips there for Matt. I hope you find that useful, Matt, and that kind of helps you, you know, move beyond you know just knowing the five box patterns, and also you know actually you know creating music by moving in between those boxes. So this question comes from Richard Sullivan. He says, I'm having heck of a time learning the F major chord. No matter how much I try, I can't seem to get it. Okay, so very like classic question here from, from Richard Sullivan. Richard, thank you so much for the question. And again, guys, you can submit questions to us at podcast.nationalguitaracademy.com. Um, classic question from Richard. I'm having a heck of a time learning the <laughs> F major chord. So just really, really quickly, Richard. Number one, don't worry about it. F major is a really, really hard chord. It's probably, I think this is one of the biggest hurdles that a guitar learner faces. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's moving from, you know, Gs, E minors, Cs, Ds to the F major yeah, chord. Tough. Tough. So, 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 so first things first, like don't think that you're not good enough or not talented enough or anything like that. This is a really hard chord that you're trying to tackle. And what I recommend you do is begin with the easiest version of F that I always recommend to people, which is F major seven which is just a much simpler F to play. And then once you've got that one down, you can move up to a four to the four string version of F. And then once you have that down, you'll find that your finger dexterity has improved to the point where you can start to take on that full bar bar shape. It's very important that you learn your F chords in stages in this way, uh, because the full sort of F major bar, you just won't be able to do it if you're a beginner guitarist. Also remember, it's a really, really bad bar chord to start with F because it's very hard to press the strings down on the first fret because they're so close to the nut of the guitar. A great way to practice your bar chords is to practice it with A. So on the fifth fret, you know, which is you know roughly halfway along the fret and the strings are nice and loose there. Um, so I hope that helps, Richard. I hope you've, you, know, um, you know, start with F major seven, then try the four string version of F and then try and use that F bar shape, but higher up the fretboard. What we'll do is we'll include chord boxes for all of those chords in the bonus pack for this episode. Okay, now we're going to move on to our next section uh, of the show, which is rhythm section. Rhythm section is the part of the show when we discuss how to boost your rhythmic ability and how to make your guitar playing sound more musical. Okay, in this uh, week's rhythm section, we're going to discuss the pros and cons of strumming patterns. You! <laughs> big, <laughs> big topic. The pros and cons of strumming patterns. Should you learn them? Are they a good idea? Are they a bad idea? Yeah. Strumming patterns in general. Like, What are your thoughts on it, guys? Rob, 
strumming patterns? What do you think? It's horses for courses, really. Some people adore strumming patterns. Some people find the constraints of a strumming pattern almost impossible to ever achieve. So it's basically finding which direction you want to go in. You might be one of those people who find the security of a strumming pattern just ideal. However, most people I know who want to learn the guitar have their own inbuilt strumming patterns, and it's, sometimes you have to follow <laughs> some those. Some good and some bad. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> I really like that phrase you used, Rob, of the security of a strumming pattern. Yeah. I think that's a really, yeah, I really like that, because that's, that, I, yeah, I, I like that. I'm going to nick that one, I'm going to use that. Mm. Jack, what do you think, my strumming patterns, what are your thoughts? They're kind of like hit and miss sometimes. I think the way that often when you get like the odd YouTube dudes like explaining some strumming patterns, it's like down, up, down, 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 up. And it's just like, it's like following something from the Matrix. It's really hard for any beginner to like grasp a hold of. Sometimes the the best way is like to try and feel the beat of a song and do that but obviously mm. for some people that doesn't really work yeah so maybe try and find a happy medium try both methods and if you feel that okay i feel like i'm finding the beat here i'm holding on to something and it feels okay go with that but if you find a strumming pattern useful it's not the end of the world but just bear in mind learning a folk strumming pattern may limit your creativity in the long run so yeah both, you kind of need to get the grips with both, really, and experience both and find out what's best for you. Yeah, yeah. I think that's good advice. I mean, I, I famously hate strumming patterns, <laughs> you know. I just, um, I don't, I, I understand why some people like them, um, but I th- I'd much prefer people to develop their own sense of musicality and all of that down, down, up, down, down, up stuff, you know, it just makes well, me want to scream. But, but, <laughs> but, but I recognize yeah. that there are some people who absolutely, as Rob said, uh, they like the security of having a strumming pattern. And I don't mean that as in, like, wimpy people need security, you know. Yeah. What I mean is, for some people, that's how they learn best. They want yeah. to be given specific steps that they can follow. Um, so so I think my take on it would be that there is definitely a time and a place for strumming patterns, but I don't think people should use them as a crutch. No, no. People should try and develop their own sense of musicality and their own rhythm. Um, but I agree, Jack, there's no harm in... Integrating some strumming no, patterns into yeah, that, no. but we definitely don't ever want to forfeit our own creativity and rhythmic ability. No, I think as well, that, you know, the strum pattern, the up down, up down, that binary way of thinking of it, also means you focus on the up downness of it rather than listening to the actual sound you're producing. So you, you've got to develop a feel when you strum, and you can only do that by listening properly and getting feedback through Great your fingers. Advice. Brilliant so. advice, Rob, and that ties in really nicely to what we were discussing earlier about like low mid high yeah you know exactly. like string yeah. grouping yeah. like if you wanted to focus on something focus on string grouping more than like yeah. strumming patterns you know so what we'll do is um is in the bonus pack for this episode we'll include uh, a really really useful uh, article uh which is basically it's called how to strum a guitar it's a really really epic article with lots of videos and and useful stuff in there we'll also include a link to an article that we did that does include some bes- specific strumming patterns that people can explore and also we'll include a video there uh, that explains the, the universal strumming pattern that you can apply on any song. Okay, now we're going to move on to the next segment of today's show, which is Theory Tips. Theory tips. 
This is the part of the show when we share some bite-sized music theory tips. This week we're going to discuss chord construction. Okay, so there's two, you know, broadly there's two types of tonality that we need to think about chords, major and minor. Okay, what we're going to talk about is what's inside those chords. Okay, Rob, what's inside a major chord? What's a major chord made of? Okay, so to spot your common garden major chord, you need to know a little bit about scales. So you take the first, the third and the fifth note of a scale and put them together and ka-ching. Okay, so if we want to work out the notes that are inside the C major chord, we take the first, third and fifth notes of the C major scale. Which are? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Jack, let's uh, let's hear it. So here's a standard C major scale. But the first, third, and fifth notes are what make up the major chords. So one, two, three, four, five. So. so those notes are? C, E, and G. What I think confuses a lot of people is that most guitarists, most of the time, were playing more than three strings. Yeah. So people don't always realise there's only ever actually three notes in yeah. in, the, in a major chord or a minor chord, um, but we just we just repeat some notes, yeah. don't we? So that throws people out. Okay, Jack. What about minor chords? What mi- so if major chords are made up of the first, third, and fifth notes of the major scale? Yeah. What what about minors? So for minor chords, it's for the first, third, and fifth notes of the minor scale. It's important that you make that distinction. So. A minor scale sounds like this. So it'd be the first, third, and fifth notes. One, two, three, four, five. Fab. Okay, yeah. so it's basically it's it's the first, the third, and the fifth for mm. the for the for both. Yeah. But the only difference is, of course, the major chords come from the major scale, yeah. and the minor chords come from the minor scale. Mm-hmm. Okay, really, sort of you know fundamental uh, piece of music theory there that we shared with you guys. Hope that's made sense. Um, it's very useful to know and also uh, if you want to get the bonus pack for this episode you'll find a link to an article that explains in much much more detail chord construction um, and you'll see you know lots of images and stuff that hopefully make that even clearer for you okay now we're going to move on to the last segment of the show which is one last thing one last thing before you go one last thing before you go Okay, one last thing is the part of the show where we leave you with a parting gift or recommendation, something randomly cool or interesting about music or guitar culture. Okay, so my one last thing for this week is going to be um, play around with tuning your guitar down um, or just try and alternate tunings in general. So just over the last few weeks, uh, I've tuned my guitar down two steps to D um, and it's just been great fun, you know, like the the tension of the strings changes, of course, because you're kind of loosening them off. And it encourages you to play in a slightly different way. It means that I can sing songs in a different key that sort of suit my range a bit more. And also it just gives the guitar a different feel. And because I'm sort of really like blues and rock guitar, having that lower end, um, it just changes the the whole vibe of the instrument. You know, I love yeah. playing around with alternate tunings. But lots of guitarists are they're a little bit scared of like <laughs> sort of changing the tuning. They kind of just get locked into a certain one. But what I'd say is resist that urge, you know, like there's so many great like apps now that can tune your guitar and, you know, tuners that click onto the end of your guitar. Um, play around with it. Don't keep your guitar in standard tuning all the time. For beginners, they, they definitely should stay with standard yeah. tuning. Um, but, you know, if you're not an absolute beginner, explore different tunings on the guitar. It's oh, buy, really, really good Buy fun. another guitar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Have guitars in different tunings. That's, you yeah. know, a great solution. Jack, what's your one last thing? 
So, um, last week I managed to snag some tickets for one of my favourite um, jazz funk bands called Snarky Puppy. They're, um, they've kind of been around for the last ten years, but they're, they're the first kind of major kind of jazz band which have um, made a name for themselves, all self-funded, and even they've won like two or three Grammys now. They're still self-funded and like wow. the band leader still books all the tours and still writes all the albums. The amount of albums they crank out in a year is crazy. Wow. So I've got tickets to go see them in Manchester next week, which should be great fun. Oh, cool. So, um, to check them out. Yeah, so I think... Snarky Puppy. Yeah, it's a really great name. It is a good odd, name. But yeah. yeah, I guess my one last thing would be to go and check out some live music. doesn't matter whether it's something in a huge arena, something in a tiny pub. Go out and support some musicians because... You know, it's we great, need your help, man. Yeah, it's a great, we need your help. It's a great industry to support. Yeah, yeah. and it's hard to make a living, isn't it? In yeah. music, it's like you know, it's one of the things that's annoyed me for years. But you know, musicians generally are like the worst paid people on the planet. <laughs> so if you yeah. like music, get out there, support some live, some live music. Yeah, great one, Jack. That's really cool. Okay, Rob, what's your one last thing for this week? Mine is a recommendation for something a little bit different. Very guitar based, but it's a a kind of a band from North Africa who play a mixture of North African music with a blues kind of feel, rock feel. Nice. And they're called Tenari Wen. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Tenari Wen. Tenari Wen. Yeah, Tenari Wen. Let's spell it. T-I-N-A-R-I, Tenari Wen, W-E-N. Correct, yes. And uh, that is a completely different kind of culture for guitaring, but some great rhythms, great technique, quite different. Uh, but a good vibe to get into. Really nice. Okay, cool. Um, thanks for that, Rob. And what we'll do is in the bonus pack for this episode, we'll include links for um, the band that Rob mentioned there, uh, Tenari Wen. We'll include links for Snarky Puppy that Jack mentioned. And we'll also include the tune that I've been playing in lately as well. Okay, thanks for joining us today, everybody. Please let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at podcast at nationalguitaracademy.com. This is your podcast and we want to help you, so please let us know what you think works well in the show and what could be better. Remember, you can get daily guitar tips from us by following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash National Guitar Academy. And lastly, if you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes or your podcast platform of choice. Five-star reviews will help the show grow and help other guitar learners find our work. So if you've enjoyed this podcast and want to help us out, we'd really appreciate it if you would leave us a review. Thank you so much to the people who've already left reviews. It was great for us to get some feedback on the first show, and we got tons of, uh, of emails as well. So thank you so much, guys. Your feedback really means a lot to us. It like, made our day, actually, when we came in today, and we, yeah. were, <laughs> we were sort of checking out the, the, you know, the reviews and stuff that we'd had so far. So thank you so much for your support, and we'll see you next time. For each podcast, we create a bonus pack that expands on what we've discussed in the episode. Each bonus pack includes video lessons, diagrams, code boxes, links, and practice material that build on the things we've discussed in the podcast. There's only so much we can explain through audio, and sometimes it's easier to show you stuff, and that's when the bonus packs come in so handy. To download the bonus pack for this episode, go to nationalguitaracademy.com slash podcast2.